Hey, welcome to church. We're so happy you've made it tonight. Uh, K.A. introduced me before. My name is Caleb. I'm the kids pastor here at Highway. And um, man, what a privilege it is to preach tonight. So good. I'm so excited. Are you ready? You ready? Such a good time to be in church. You know, at Highway, if you were here tonight, we really just want to make you feel welcome. But this is a great place to be. There's a lot happening. We have just launched our brand new Gilston location, which is awesome. Yep. It is incredible. On Friday night, we had our first ever youth program happening on Friday night, which is so good. We had Easter Sunday, which was amazing. We saw thousands of people come and learn and hear about the Easter story, which was incredible. Who here, actually, I'd like to see a few hands. Who went to an East, uh, Anzac Day service this week? Amazing. Awesome. How good is that, hey? We've got to continue that in our culture, in our community. Me and my wife, we went to the Corumban Dawn service. Some of the guys here too, we went as well, but that was incredible. And you know what? I was blown away by how many young people were there. And um, that's something that we need to make sure we instill in our families, hey? Yeah? Anyway, that's not what I'm going to preach about. Oh, and also the Broncos won last night, which was awesome. Hey, Pastor B. Finally. So good. Well, if you've got your Bibles here tonight, you can open them up to the first book, which is Genesis. We're going to read from chapter... I've got my daughter down the front over here, and she's giving me some... Go for it. Dad's going to do well. So we're going to read chapter 37 through to 50. No, I'm just kidding. That'll take us all night. We'll be here literally all night if we're going to read that. So if you know that verse in the Bible, that is the story of one of my favorite historical characters, Joseph. Joseph. If you know the story of Joseph, this story can be translated in so many different ways, and it's so powerful. Do we have any Josephs here tonight? I don't think so. Hmm. Well, we're going to read chapter 37, verse 2 to 11. I am going to read it off my, out of my Bible, though. It's got a little bit more anointing. So, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, which rhymes, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved, now Israel, as we know, is Jacob, okay, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. He made a richly ornamented robe as we see, we've seen in videos and cartoons about Joseph and his technicolor coat. You know that one, okay? This just says it a bit more better, richly ornamented robe. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more, they couldn't speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they, had, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out of the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him even more. Then he had another dream, and he said to his brothers, Listen, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Now, I've got a couple of brothers, and if I said that to them, I don't think that would go down very well either. <laughs> Tonight I want to preach to you on this subject called Now Occupy. Now Occupy. Turn to someone and say, Now Occupy. Now 
The time is now to now occupy. Would you pray with me tonight? Lord Jesus, Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this room, this community of people who are gathered together to lift your name higher tonight. And Lord God, I pray that, Lord Jesus, you would do something amazing in this room, that, Lord, we would leave different. Lord, we would leave with something practical that we can attain and take to our week, Lord God. So, Father, I pray that you would use us tonight. We are your vessels. We love you so much, Jesus. And everybody in the room said? Amen. 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 It's 2019. We are in the last Sunday of April, about to hit the fifth month of the year. Has this year looked this way you wanted it to? I don't know. That's a question to you. Maybe. Has it been the way you thought it would be? How are you doing? Are you good? Awesome. That's good. You know what? This year has been a whirlwind. It has been awesome in one side, crazy in the other, busy, stressful, everything. Has anyone yet occupied the future? Yeah? Yeah, we have. We've seen some of it around, hey, I don't know, there's certain things in my life that I still want to occupy. And the idea tonight around now occupy comes from our vision as a church. And if you are here tonight for the first time, we as a church gather every year and our senior leaders and they come and they bring us a vision. And our vision this year is occupy the future. And me and my wife, Georgia, every year we sit down and we will talk about goals and dreams and aspirations and things that we want to achieve, where we're heading, where God wants us to go. And I feel like people, we're really good at looking at the future, aren't we? Aren't we? I think all of us are great at dreaming about what's next. I think all of us are really good about thinking about what more we could achieve, what more we could do. I don't know about you, but I love looking at those movies like Back to the Future, you know, where we look to the future, things that are going to happen in space and technology. We're so good at that. We talk about dreams and careers and investments and what we're going to do with our finances and where we want to go in our relationship with God and in our relationships, some of the youth down here, and where we want to move forward to. We're great about talking about the future. And when I sat down and thought about Occupy the Future, and we should all do this, is how does that work in my life. If I'm here to occupy the future, what is my revelation of that? We've got to work out, even though this is for us as a corporate body of people, the vision is for you personally. And we need to work out what does that actually mean for our lives. And thinking over this, my revelation for occupying the future was not thinking that occupying the future was something that was distant, that was far away. That was a thing that needed to be attained, that I needed to go for, but occupying the future for me this year, is about being intentional and securing the future today. What is securing the future? What does it mean? Is it dreams? Is it possibilities? Is it one time someone gave you a prophecy or someone gave you an idea, something that you wanted to go for? The future could be really whatever you wanted it to be. Now, because for time's sake, We're going to read out of the Caleb's Amplified version tonight about Joseph's life story. Are you ready? Now, in in kids, I like to do the deep voice, and they love it, all right? But I'm not going to do it here now because it probably wrecked my throat. But do it. Yes, there was a man named Joseph. So, as we know, Joseph has told the dreams to his brothers. And his brothers are so angry 
they plot to kill him. And on the way to go kill him, they decide, and one of them has a little stroke thinking, wait a second, this will probably kill my dad. This is probably not the nicest thing to do. So they change their mind and they sell him to some slavers, some slave traders, and they travel from where they are to Egypt. And on the way to Egypt, they're going there, and then Joseph is sold to a man named Potiphar. He's sold to a man named Potiphar. I don't know about you, but this doesn't really look like his dream. And he's sold to this man named Potiphar, who is an official in the city of Egypt. And he's, he's there. And we know that Joseph does not forget the dream. He doesn't lose hope in the future. He doesn't lose the future. He knows the dream. He knows the promise from God. Yet he finds himself in a house as a slave. And he's in this house. And you know what? Joseph still lives the right way. He finds favor in the house. And then suddenly Potiphar's wife fancies him, thinks he looks pretty good, and tries to go for him, as we'd say in English. Um, And he runs away. And Potiphar's wife lies about him. And we see that Joseph is then thrown into prison. But he doesn't forget his future. He doesn't forget the promise that God had for his life. And in that prison, we see that he's in there and he's in the prison, and yet he still lives the right way. He finds favor in the prison. He starts ruling, leading in the prison. He was still their prisoner. And he's in the prison, and a baker and a cupbearer come to him with their dreams, as we know. And the story talks about that they tell him these dreams. And the idea that one of them is going to be killed and one of them is going to go back to their place where they were. And he fulfills this. He tells them the dream and it is fulfilled. And the cupbearer goes back into the court with Pharaoh, who's the king of Egypt. But Joseph's still in jail. And he's there for another couple of years until finally Pharaoh has a dream. And in Pharaoh's dream, he dreams about a famine. And this idea of the famine is going to last for multitudes of years, seven years it talks about in the Bible. There'll be seven years where there'll be fine, there'll be growth, and there'll be seven years of famine. And he goes around to all the people of wisdom, religious leaders, looking for someone to tell him what this dream means, and the cupbearer remembers Joseph. And Joseph comes in and he goes and he tells him what the dream is, and Pharaoh is blown away by Joseph and appoints him as the, pretty much the prime minister of Egypt, the second in charge. And in that place, we see that Joseph then sees his family. In that time of famine, they come and they come to Egypt looking for food. And we see the dream come to pass, that they finally come and they bow down to Joseph. The crazy thing about that story is that's about 20 years later. We see the dream come to pass. We see his future finally come, but it took some time. So my point tonight that I want to give you some keys around how we can secure our future now, now occupy. My first key tonight is being on mission, on mission. Joseph knew his mission. He knew what he was put on earth to do. I don't know about you, but it's taken me a while to learn what it is that I'm here to do. Maybe some young people in this room, and you're thinking, what does the future hold for me? What is my future? Let me encourage you, start dreaming. Start dreaming. 
Dream big. Push yourself. Dream God dreams. Can I encourage you? You're going to go for many things in this life. But dream God dreams. Push yourself. We must be intentional daily. You know, even when it looks like nothing you thought it would. I don't think Joseph was sitting in Potiphar's house thinking, I think this is where my dream's going to come and take place. I don't think those things, but yet he still remembered the promise of God. Even if the, today doesn't look the way you thought it was, can I encourage you? Remember, stay on mission. Remember the dream that God placed upon you. You know, Joseph stayed on mission even in the worst time. And to occupy, we must stay on mission. Next point. Next key. Conviction. Conviction. To secure our future, to occupy now, we need to be fully convinced. Fully convinced. One of the trends we see in the life of Joseph is that Joseph never forgot who he was. Even in the times of struggle and the times of pain and the times of hurt, his conviction stayed strong. Can I encourage you in this room that we need to be people who are fully convinced? What I mean by that is that we are strong even in the hard times. We are strong even though things may not look the way we thought they would. We are still strong when we are put down, that we are put in a place where we thought God is not even here. Let me tell you, he is there. He is with you. I don't know where you're at in this room tonight, but he is with you. You know, Joseph was in Potiphar's house, and it says in chapter 39, verse 11, let me quickly read that. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by the cloak, it says. That's a trap. And said, come to bed with me. And this is the bit, the bit that I love the most. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When hard times come, run from the things that lead you away from your future. I'm talking not walk. I love that it says run right there. Run from the things that are going to take you away from your future. Don't walk. There's no need for it. Get out of there. Run. If I can encourage you again tonight is just run out of those situations. You don't need to be there. You know what? Joseph still was in a place that he didn't want to be in. He was still a servant. He could have sat there and thought, you know what? God's dream is never going to happen. God's left me. God's done with me. I'm going to be here. You know what? I'm just going to do what I want. Run. God is with you. He remembers. He is there. Even when it looks like it's not going to happen, I promise you, God is good. He is good. That's his nature. That's who he is. I promise you, he is with you. Conviction. Now occupy. We need conviction. Another key. Now, I'm moving quickly through these because I've got a couple. Culture is my next key. Culture. Culture is a funny word because we use it in church a lot. And we use this word culture because sometimes we just like to use it because it's almost like a shotgun word. It just covers a multitude of things. But culture, when you look at it, culture is environment, 
It is people. It is what you do and how you act. Culture is a lot of things. But a key to securing your future today is to put yourself in a culture that is conducive to your future. You know what? It is an environment. It is people. That's what culture is. You know, I remember as a teenager, I was 18 and I was at a party, okay? That's all how good stories go, as you know, all right? I was at a New Year's Eve party, and I can remember this moment clearly because when I was there, it didn't feel that important, didn't feel that big, but now I can see it as a turning point in my life. And I was there at this party with all my friends, people I love, and we were there, and the party started going the way that I didn't really want it to go. And I was there, and I was a part of it, and I was having fun with my friends, and I remember, it's probably the Holy Spirit actually, a little bit of conviction hit me on the spot and I was sitting there and I was like, is this really where I want to be? Is this really the direction I want in my life right now? The people were good. The people loved me. It was fun. It was a great environment. We were having a lot of good times. Yet, I knew that that was not the culture that was conducive to my future. You know what, I remember I called my brother and he was coming past and he, he literally just said, yeah, I'll be there real quick. And he came in, picked me up. And the funny thing was is that where I went from that party was actually all the guys from church were all getting together. <laughs> and we all hung out that night. And you know what, some of those people haven't seen since that night. Because my future was redirected from that point. Put yourself in a place that is conducive to your future. Has any of you, have you guys had stories like that? I can think of multiple. Church. That's a place that's conducive to your future. Now, I get to spend a bit of time with kids. That is the best thing you can do. Pastor Byron talks about it all the time. Parents, bring your kids to church. Parents, bring your kids to youth. Parents, bring your kids every Sunday. It is the best thing you can do. This is a culture, and I'm telling you, churches aren't perfect, and people aren't perfect. But do you know what? This is better than what's out there. <laughs> it's always going to beat what's out there. You know what? Bringing yourself into this place every Sunday, even if you are low and out and feel so bad, I promise you that you are going to leave different. Just something about being with the people, being in the worship, being around this environment actually builds you. It actually leads you to your future. If you want to occupy now, come to church. <laughs> Another one, serve. Get connected. Join a team. If you want to come and grow, join a team. Some of the best times in my life were 2 a.m. in this room, bumping in production gear after doing two and a half, two weeks of work at a conference up in Sunshine Coast and coming back. And they're some of my fondest memories. And I have people that I am friends with now since I was tiny. I remember Kelly neighbor down here calling me on my school holidays. Hey, you're on school holidays. What are you doing? You're going to sit at home? Come and serve. Serve on carols. Hold a cable. By doing that, I'm still here at church. My future's in the church. 
I'm lucky enough to work for the church. I'm lucky enough to have a daughter who's in church. Conviction, culture. My next one is unity. To secure the future, we must be unified. What does the psalmist say? Where there is unity, God commands a blessing, hey? We must actually seek it out. You know, in your family, you need to seek unity. In your relationships, you need to seek unity. In our church, we need to seek unity. Always, always. Securing your future today, you need to be on the same level. You know what? Me and my wife, Georgia, we would love to buy our first home. That is, that is a thing on the cards, all right? And there's a lot of people at our age are. And one thing about my awesome wife, Georgia, is that she's learnt now to buy things on eBay, okay? <laughs> buy things on eBay, right? And I'm telling you, she is gifted. It is her calling. I would say, nearly every day or every second day, I'm not telling, I'm telling the truth, hey, there's a package in the mail, Okay? Seriously, right? <laughs> but I can't get angry at her when she's spending $2 for a $50 thing or she's spending $20 for, you know, I love it. It's awesome because she's not going out and spending hundreds of dollars when I'm trying to save. <laughs> I'm the same, Gumtree. Any man, anyone in here that loves Gumtree? I bought a whippersnipper and a blower and a mower the other day that I actually did not need. <laughs> it was cheap. It was $50 for it all. Tell, tell me who's going to say no to that. Honestly, come on. Stol it was stolen. <laughs> Not all of us are from Emerald, right? Okay. So <laughs> Do you know what? That's one thing I want to talk on quickly. I am out in kids all the time. And people come out to me and go, oh, Pastor Caleb Slatcher, he told something funny about you tonight. Or today, oh, that Caleb, you know. So this is the first time I actually get to get him back, which is good. Awesome. We've got to search for unity. In our church, we have done this. <laughs> you know, we just occupied our future. We just walked into this Gilston building. Now, walk doesn't mean painting and jibrocking and insulating and running. It was a lot of work. But we have just occupied our future at Gilston. And we did that because we were in unity as a church. You in this room invested for something that you may not even go and walk into the doors down there. Unity helps us secure the future. My next one is prayer. Prayer. Now, as you can see, if it's on, on the screen, you can see that it's coming to spell something there, which is part of my, I was born in the 90s, so it was something that was pretty, pretty normal in the 90s, hey? Prayer. We must make prayer a priority. You know, even when Joseph was in jail, he was still close to God. Even when it looked like he would never occupy his future, he was still close to God. He sought after God. He searched for God. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through in this room, you need to know that God will always be there. His future is coming for you. Make prayer constant in your life. You know, I've got a story here that I hope, hopefully I don't get emotional about. I'm not a very emotional person, by the way, but, you know, my mum and dad are down here, and as you know, Pastor David and Claire, our campus pastors of Gilston, and I've asked them for permission, so it's all right. I haven't asked mum, though, so she might not be happy, but <laughs> that's all right. 
And when I thought about this, making prayer a priority, and some of you in this room know this story, you know, my parents have gone through some stuff. And some of you may not know, but we were a part of a church a long time ago that my papa pastored. And we went, I can't look at you, don't look at me, because I'm going to cry. And my parents were leading in this church, and they were, they were living out their calling, they were living out their future. And you know what, something happened they couldn't control. And my papa got sick, and he got cancer, and went through and ended up passing away. And what happened was, the church had a split. And I remember as a kid, and I was only young in this environment, and I remember seeing my parents go through this time and the heartbreak, the calling, the vision they had for their life, my family, everything. I remember, this, I remember going to church, at random churches here and there trying to find home because home was somewhere, but we couldn't be at home. And we were searching for something, but we didn't know what that was because we thought we had the something, but the something was gone. And I remember as a kid, and I remember all the feelings and everything that arose from that time. And this is something that I'm so proud to talk about right now because we just launched our Gilston building and not just looking at the physical place that we were standing there, I was sitting there looking at two people that were once so broken, and I'm telling you, so broken. Never thought that this opportunity would come to them again. Yet they are standing there pastoring one of our locations seeing God's fulfillment of the future come into pass. It's incredible. Yeah, we can give them a hand. And the thing is, is that they would never tell you this because they are very humble people, but that's not my point. My point is this. If you walk into their house in Wongawallan at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., depending on what type of season it is, my mum is downstairs in the lounge room and I'm talking, screaming, <laughs> singing so loud with her headphones in because she can't hear anything else. And she is down there praying, seeking God. She is down there. I'm telling you, I'm, I, can, I can tell you this every single day. She would be down there going for it. She has been through some hard times, yet she was still down there at 4 a.m. praying and seeking God. You know, I remember hopping in the car with Dad and would go somewhere and something would happen. First thing he would do, let's pray. Let's pray. Things may not be going the way you thought they were. I asked my dad this question. I said, you know, Dad, you know, what kept him? And he said, just because things aren't going the way you thought they were doesn't mean the constants in your life change. If you are fully convinced in this room, it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in now. Because our relationship with God isn't controlled by what is happening in our lives. <laughs> it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. Our relationship with God comes out of a personal, intimate conviction of who he is. We need to be people who pray. People who pray. Prayer needs to be consistent, constant, all the time. And my last one, to secure our future, we need to say yes. As one man, one man with wisdom said, say yes and the journey begins. 
I hope I can encourage you with this point. Wherever you find yourself tonight, whatever the future looks like for you, the dreams you have in your heart, someone may have spoken something over your life, maybe there's desires in your heart, maybe there's something there, and you find yourself hurt and broken, you find yourself in a place that it doesn't look like it's going to happen, can I encourage you to keep saying yes? Can I encourage you to not step back, but to go for the promises that God has for you? Can I encourage you that Jesus is always there? We just talked about it. We just celebrated Him. He is risen. He's alive. Church, Joseph found himself in jail. 20 years had passed since his dream came to pass. Yet he still said yes. Still said yes. Corinthians 2, chapter 12, verse 9 says this in the Amplified. I love the wording of this. And I hope you can take this to your week. My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy, my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself more effectively in your weakness. More effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and dwell in me. Take that this week. You know, securing your future sounds easier than really what it is. The future is something we can dream for, but sometimes the future is going to be tough. Sometimes going for the future is not going to be the way we thought it would. But I encourage you tonight, it is now when we need to occupy. It is what you can do now that is going to help you achieve the future. I don't know where you're at tonight, but I want you to know even though this year may be not looking the way you expected, God is still here. Do not give up hope. He is with you. The future is happening as we speak. Joseph waited 20 years for his dream to come to pass. We need to constantly choose to now occupy. Now occupy. We need to be on mission with conviction, in the right culture, be in unity, continually praying, and saying yes. Saying yes. Say yes. We've got so many different generations in this room tonight. People who are still in school. People who have been out of school for a long time. But you know what? We're all on the same page. We're all searching for something. We're all going for something. There is a future out there that we are trying to aim for, something that we are trying to go for. And I don't know about you tonight, but I would love it if you could leave this place here knowing 
that the future is something that, yes, can be far away, that can be something that we want to try and get to. It is a goal. It is something we want to try and achieve. But can I encourage you? It is what we do now that helps us secure the future for tomorrow. It is how we actually now occupy. Those dreams, those promises of God are still available to you. So quickly, can we stand? I'd love it if we could, if you want to close your eyes, if you want to just focus in on God right now. I'd love if you could search your heart and think about those dreams, those possibilities, those promises that you know are there, lurking, calling your name. I want you to think back to those moments where you felt you heard God speak to you that you remember those dreams, those desires of your heart. And I want you to think of them right now. And as a church, right now, we're going to pray, and I'm going to pray. And this moment isn't just about my words, but this is about you and God right now. So Jesus, Father, Lord God, I pray right now. Lord, I pray over every single one of these dreams these futures that are in this room, those possibilities, Father. Lord God, those promises that you have given to us, Father, I pray that you would reignite them in our hearts tonight. That Lord Jesus, what has been pushed down because of hurt, because of pain, because of brokenness, because of situations we couldn't control. Father, I pray right now that you would awaken those dreams again. That Lord, those old dreams that have been hidden, that have been put away because we're too scared of getting broken again. Father, I pray that you would reignite that flame right now, Jesus. Oh Lord, we know you are good. And Lord, we know you are most effective in our weakness. So Father, I pray and I speak and I prophesy over those dreams right now. And I tell them to come alive in the name of Jesus. I tell them to rise up in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that we would secure our future, Father. That, Lord God, that we would be people who are not scared to say yes, Lord. To say yes, Jesus. Father, I pray that those dreams, Lord, would not be hidden anymore. That we would leave this place confident. Lord, not in ourselves, but Father, confident in You, Lord Jesus. Joseph spent 20 years going through the pain, through the struggle. The constant thing was you, God. You have been here through it all. So Lord God, I speak to those dreams, those futures. And I say, now it is time to occupy. Occupy. Occupy now, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. while our eyes are closed, if there is anybody in this room tonight and you have dreams in your heart, but you don't know 
that constant God I've been talking about. If you don't know this man who died on the cross, who was executed, if you don't know this man named Jesus, I would love to introduce him to you tonight. And in this room with no one else looking around, I'd love it. We've got some team who are here and they're going to look for your hand and I'd love it if you could notify us in a way of lifting your hand and saying, God, I'd love to get to know you. And if that is you, if you feel like, God, I do not know you, I am searching for something, I know there is something there that I need. Right now, if you're feeling that you would love to get to know, find out some more information about this God that we talk about. His name is Jesus. I want you to raise your hand right now across this room. No one is looking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for you and the sacrifice you gave. But Lord God, as we leave this place, if we get ready, Lord, to now occupy, I pray that we would not forget those keys, Lord Jesus, those constants in our life that are going to help us secure the future. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the honour. Amen. Amen. Thank you, K.A.